Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited for this episode. I've been a huge Vanderpump Rules fan forever. And I always had a girl crush on Kristen. And you'll hear who else I have a girl crush in this episode on. And I'm just so grateful that she came on the show. She's such a sweetheart. And um, I don't want to say more about her because I want you to listen. So I'm just going to talk to you a little bit about a few subjects that you wanted me to address. Um, Someone asked if I could talk about getting broken up with when there weren't any red flags. Um, This is something that that person is going through. But ironically, I was in that situation too. I got dumped out of what I thought was the blue, but it wasn't. And it's funny because looking back, I, I actually did see all the red flags. I just didn't look at them. Like they were all there. I just wasn't focused on them because I was focused on what was going well in the relationship. And it's funny because after that experience, I became like the opposite person. And instead I became the person who focused on what wasn't going well and and did look for the red flags. And it's not like one is better than the other. I mean, of course, ignorance is bliss. But if you don't want to get broken up with out of the blue, it's important to keep your eyes and ears open to those potential red flags um, that we may overlook. Someone asked how to increase sex drive during quarantine. That's a tough one because I know a lot of my friends are not having sex right now. You know, for me, I've been lucky because I'm in a new relationship. So things are still really exciting for us. And we're still in that honeymoon phase. You know, if I wasn't in a new relationship and I wanted to increase my sex drive, maybe I would try to put on lingerie one night. Maybe I would try to, you know, spice it up with toys or watch porn together or something like that. But I think for me personally, my sex drive increases when I feel good about myself. So maybe it means that I have to eat a little bit on the healthy side and work out a little harder that week or like work out at all um, and just like stay active. Because then when I feel sexy... I have a high sex drive or when I'm working really hard and I'm busy and doing a lot, I have a high sex drive. So that's what works for me. Someone asked how to keep your cool when quarantining with your family. So now I'm quarantined with my family. And um, it's funny because I was so, so excited to be with my parents. And then like the second I got here to their house little things were like triggering me. And I was like, what am I like? Why? Why does this happen? It's like, why do you revert 
to this like child when you're with your parents sometimes, no matter how mature you think you are. And I can't really explain why it happens. I just know that it happens and I'm guilty of it. And I just have to kind of like reclaim my power in this situation, whether it's telling my family I'm going to cook for them tonight, because not only am I then focusing on, you know, something I can do that makes me feel a little bit in charge and mature again, but it's also something I can do that's of service to my family. So whether it's I'm going grocery shopping for them or I'm cooking for them or, you know, I'm cleaning up around the house, doing the dishes, it sounds silly and maybe annoying. But for me, that's how I kind of like regain my sense of individuality, like, and kind of act like this is not just their house, but it's my house too. And like, it's, you know, if you are reverting to your old ways, that's okay. Like, just don't forget the progress that you made once you leave and you're in your own space again. How to handle a friend coming to you for advice on a relationship you don't support. I mean, uh, you guys know my theory on this. Like, just be supportive no matter what. That's your job as a friend. If you really want to tell it how it is um, and risk that friend not wanting to be your friend anymore, then go for it. But I think your job as a friend is to just be there for them. Um, you know, and it depends on your relationship, though. Like, I have my oldest friends, or sometimes I find it hard. They're the hardest to be real with, whereas the new friends, I can just really say, like, listen, you know, he's not interested in you. You have to trust me. And our friendship isn't affected by that at all. Calling significant other your ex's name. It's funny. I was thinking about this and I would say like my old stance on this would be like, oh, that's a really big red flag. Now I think it's like, you know, sometimes we, when we go from one relationship to the next, that person, that ex of ours is still like logged in our head for a bit as like relationship, that name, you know? So I think that it could really be as simple as like, you're associating being in a relationship with a different name. And it doesn't mean that it's not that you don't care about like your current partner. It's just maybe it hasn't registered yet, you know, or you have feelings for your ex. It's really um, dependent on the situation and dating and body image. Again, like, you know, this just goes like, if I'm not feeling good about myself, I'm not feeling good with my partner. And I actually... I was walking with my partner on the West Side Highway. We were taking a walk with our masks and gloves last week before we went to my parents. And, you know, we're walking and I just, I was looking around, I was seeing people tanning without masks on and like living their best lives, like having picnics. And I just got like really jealous and envious that like I'm someone that doesn't feel comfortable taking my mask off and tanning and, I saw people with like their skin out and like their good bodies. And I just started getting really weirdly like down on myself and was like, oh, like I don't look like that right now. Like I'm a blob, like I'm pale, like I'm this, I'm that. And because I was feeling bad about myself and like my body in that moment, I was in a bad mood all of a sudden. We were walking and I just like put my headphones on and he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm going to listen to music. And he was like, can I listen to music then? And I was like, you can do whatever the fuck you want. And he was like, whoa, what just happened? And I was like, honestly, I don't know. But then I like pulled him aside, you know, later in the walk. And I was like, listen, I just want you to know like that random mood thing. That was a complete reflection on me and how I felt about myself in that moment. It had nothing to do with you. So I think it's really important to like distinguish that 
at least for me, like when I'm in a bad mood, it's because I'm not feeling good about myself. There's something that I need that I'm not getting or doing. And so it's so important to communicate that with your partner when you're dating. Um, because you know, like it's, it is. And, and it's like, you don't have to over communicate, right? Like you don't have to be like, Oh, I'm so insecure about this like cellulite I have, or I'm so insecure about this specific thing. Like you don't have to get into the specifics. You don't have to even call yourself insecure. You can just say, I'm feeling really down on myself right now and leave it at that. Like you don't need to get into it because like it's usually a momentary lapse and for the most part you feel good. So you don't want to like harp on something and make it a bigger deal to them if it's not that big of a deal to you and it's just something that annoyed you in the moment. Okay, I'm going to let you listen to this episode with Kristen. She's amazing and I hope you enjoy. Excited to hear your feedback. Have you gotten your mom a gift for Mother's Day yet? I just finished putting mine together thanks to StoryWorth. I don't know if you've heard of it, but StoryWorth is a fun and meaningful way to be able to engage with your family when you're not with them. Maybe you're quarantined apart from them or, you know, you're just missing them and and not with them all the time. It's an online service and it helps provide your loved ones with stories about memories that you have from childhood or maybe from their childhood And it basically, it's like you get to spend time with them without actually being together. So StoryWorth emails your family member a different story prompt every week. Questions that you probably haven't thought to ask your family members, like what have been some of your life's greatest surprises? What's one of the riskiest things you've ever done? What was your mom like when you were a child? Just like really cute things. I always think that interviewing someone is the best way to actually get to know someone, whether they're your family member, your friend, or someone that you don't know at all. So I recommend StoryWorth because for me, I love, love hearing stories about people in my family that I never knew before. And so like, for example, when we did it with my mom to compile this for Mother's Day, she told a story about how when we were younger, she used to suck our toes, like our baby toes. I know it sounds so gross and weird, but like our toes were so clean and like newborn baby toes. And I just think it's like the funniest thing. She wouldn't do it in like a creepy way, but like in a cute way and we would giggle. And like, that's just such a random story, but there were so many other good ones that are compiled into this amazing like photo keepsake book which StoryWorth compiles for you at the end of a year and they'll send it to you and then we have this book in my family forever so it's so cool I want you to give your mom the most meaningful gift this year with StoryWorth so get started right away without the need for shipping by going to storyworth.com slash acme you're going to get ten dollars off your first purchase if you go to storyworth.com slash acme off storyworth.com slash Acme and make your mom happy and create some memories. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited for this episode with Kristen from Vanderpump Rules. Hi. Hi. Yay, finally. Finally. I'm so glad that I finally got you for an episode. There's so much that I want to talk to you about, but it's so funny. I was just thinking like, what should I ask Kristen, obviously I have a whole list, but my first thing that came to mind was like, are you as obsessed with the theme song for Vanderpump Rules as everyone else is? It's still good. Yeah. I mean, I've been listening to that shit on 
repeat for like almost a decade, but you know, it still stands strong. Yeah. And, and like, do you watch the episodes? Like, or are you just like at this point, like, I don't even, I know what's out there. I don't, I don't need to see. Yeah. I don't like I've, this is the first season that I've been like, I don't think I need to watch every second. And I hate that. I still, I, you know, I skim through some things. I, I never say never because then I feel like when we're at the reunion eventually or when we film the reunion, I'm going to be like Jax where I'm like, I don't know what anyone's talking about because I don't watch. But so I try, but there are some things that are, you know, tough pills to swallow. Yeah, for sure. So for anyone who doesn't know who you are, which I don't know why they wouldn't watch the show, but um, how old are you and where are you from? I'm 37 years young. And I'm from Dearborn, Michigan. It's a suburb of Detroit. Amazing. I live in sunny LA. Love it. I can see it seems really sunny today. Literally, the sun came out about five minutes ago. I thought it was good rain. So thank God. Um, And so what is your current relationship status? Single dating. Okay. Single slash dating. All right. No boyfriend, but dating. No boyfriend, but dating. Do we have a quarantine buddy or? Yeah, I have a quarantine babe. Yeah. Oh, we love that I'm dating. So, I I I mean, like we've we've been seeing each other for like a few months, but it's just we're having fun, and we've obviously been spending way more time together as of late because I'm not with clearly anyone else but my dogs in my empty house. Yeah. I don't know. We're just kind of, I don't, I don't see the need to like rush into anything. We've known each other for years. It's not someone that I don't know, but I'm just trying to, you know, ride the wave. Yeah, for sure. By the way, this house looks beautiful. Is it new? Um, I bought it a year ago, actually my year just passed and I moved in last June. So it's like, yeah, new, new, new to me. It's not a new house. That's for sure. It's new to me. That's so cool though. Congrats. Thanks. Yeah, I'm excited. At least I have a backyard. Like, I'm really pleased about that during quarantine. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know how much Courtney has told you. By the way, shout out to Courtney. Love her. Um, But what is... So we're really into astrology on the podcast. So obviously, I have to know all of the whole thing about your chart. I know a little bit from court and from Googling, but tell me. Yeah, I'm, I'm so bad. I should be so much better than this because I'm so, I love astrology. Clearly I have it like tattooed mm-hmm. on me. Yeah, my sister actually had my birth chart done and I have this whole like giant file about it, but I don't, I could not even tell you to remember what it is right now. February 7th, 1980, 17th, 1983. I think on Google it says February 19th, which is not true. I'm not a Pisces. I'm Aquarius so on the cusp of Pisces. I looked that up and it said you were a Pisces. And I was like, there's no way that she's a Pisces. Like nothing against Pisces. I just, no. I have like, I have those like emo tendencies. Like I'm very emotional the way a Pisces is because I'm right on the cusp, but I could not be like more of Aquarius. Yeah. And do you I know- don't remember my rising and my- Don't remember your rising? Wait, because um, Courtney told me, hold on. Oh, she okay. She probably has it in in our like co-star app that we share. <laughs> Taurus rising. Yeah, one Taurus and Aries, maybe. Yeah, Aries moon. Does that sound about right? Yeah, that sounds right. So that the Aries moon is probably why you get emotional too, because it's just like a quick to to feel and react and stuff like yes. that. Yes, yes, very quick to feel. <laughs> so before we get into stuff, you know, that happened on the season or your book, which I want to hear all about. Let's talk a little bit more about this quarantine buddy. How did you find them? Where did they come from? Like, how does, how does one find a quarantine buddy? 
I mean, like I said, this particular gentleman I've known for many years through some mutual friends, our good friend, Courtney, mutual friend, Courtney being one of them and um, a couple of people on the show as well. So we've just been friends and I've now been single for over a year. Mm -hmm. Carter and I obviously had some bumps in the road and we're kind of riding this roller coaster throughout season eight and throughout the summer. So the end of the summer, the beginning of the fall, all of that, I was just like dead single, like trying to date, hooking up with people, like really just trying to like ride that wave of like, what is it like to be truly, truly single and go out on random dates and like make out with my friend and things like that. And then at some point, I won't say when, eventually when, if, if we work out or if we don't, I'll eventually talk about it a little more publicly. But um, yeah, it was just someone that I'd been friends with and it was kind of like a drunken night. And I was like, Hey, we've been friends and you're hot. We should probably make out. And so we did. And then we just kind of started hanging out because we were both single. So I love it. And what is, do you know his, his birthday yet? Or is it too soon? I do. Yeah. Yeah. He's a Sagittarius. Oh, that's very interesting for Aquarius. Actually, we've seen it work out a lot. I, I have one ex who's Sagittarius, did not go well, but I'm always like, oh, I do so well with Geminis and Libras, so well, so well. But I don't know. At this point, I'm like, I'm going to look past yeah. that. We both have a birthday on the 17th, which I think is fun. That's important. He's, he's December 17th? Yeah. That's important. So I'm a Libra, so maybe we'll be vibe. <laughs> Um, so, but I'm so curious now going back to kind of like the past and the season, you obviously, you know, I asked if anyone had questions for you and a slew of questions came in about your ex, but I don't even think it's information out there. What was his, what was Carter's sign? What was his? Carter's Gemini, June 13th. Okay. Yeah. So I I was like living in La La Land and and our our first dog that we got together, Gibson is a Libra. (laughs) I was like, oh, we're this big, happy family of air signs. Like nothing could be better. (laughs) Like, what do you think it was that made the breakup so difficult to just like completely cut it off? Do you think that it had anything to do with the fact that like all of your friends were like in relationships themselves? So you didn't really have like a single buddy? No, I think for Carter and I, it was like nothing really happened. Mm -hmm. There was no cheating scandal. He wasn't a big asshole. Like there was nothing specific that said like, oh, this thing happened. Now we have to break up. And, and I still loved him. You know, I still love him. I still care about him. There was never a moment of me saying, that's it. I fell out of love. Oh my God, I'm totally over him. It was just that we weren't happy Mm -hmm. And we couldn't get back to that place, no matter how hard we tried. It would be like three days great and one day bad. I talk about this a lot in the book because a lot of the book we added to and wrote after season eight was wrapped when I had a lot more time to sit and reflect and really be with myself and not be surrounded by all the chaos that was Katie and Stassi or, you know, filming the season and constantly having to talk about these things. And I could really just sit with my own thoughts reflect on my relationship with him, reflect on my friendships with them, reflect on me and like my self-love journey. And like, why was I putting up with being unhappy, whether it was with him or with them or whoever, you know, but mostly in in pertaining to my relationship with Carter, I had to just sit back and say, why have I been okay with being unhappy? And I don't blame him for that. I just don't think that I was at a a heightened point of self-love. Yeah. I didn't have that for myself. So 
it took months to get to that place. What helps you get to a better place? Do you go to therapy at all? Or do you do like, you know, your own work or meditation? So I suck at meditating. I wish I were better at it. I'm like ADD as fuck. Can't, can't get there to sit still for too long. And that was part of the work that I did. So I started seeing this energy cleanser who I'm totally obsessed with. I have, and I talk about this in the book too. I have this whole chapter on taking care of myself and that I was willing to try anything. Like I'm huge and I'm into crystals, our version of witchcraft, whatever you want to call it. Um, I've been in therapy for five years, but with therapy for me, I, there were times that I was going twice a week, sometimes once a week. Sometimes I didn't go for months at a time. Mm-hmm. It was kind of dependent on how I felt. And then I have a tarot card reader. I have this energy cleanser who really helped me work on myself and kind of gave me homework where it was like every day, write the first five minutes of your day, take that for yourself, write down as many things as you can that you love about yourself and that you're good at. And then she gave me this number that was very outlandish to me. Like I'm talking hundreds, it's in the hundreds, very high hundreds that I eventually had to get to. And I was like, how the hell do you get to, not that I don't like myself, I do, but like, damn, that's a lot. So it was really about just no matter what you do, first thing in the morning, you can get on your phone, you can read your emails, you can start thinking about all the things that happened yesterday. But if you just take five minutes for yourself and celebrate yourself, and really show yourself how much you love yourself. I think that helped me a lot. And like little homework things like hugging yourself at night for two whole minutes and appreciating. And then also having gratitude and just little silly things like that that are actually much more difficult to do than you would think. But that all really helped me kind of get to the place that I'm at. And I don't think I would have finished the book or written the book without it, to be honest. Right. That's super helpful because I've heard about all the gratitude lists and things like that, but I actually haven't heard about like writing lists about what you like about yourself. Yeah. I feel like that's so crucial. Oh yeah. I I mean like a thesaurus is my best friend, not because of writing the book, but because of that. I was like, how do I say that I'm loyal? Like four more ways. (laughs) I'm running out of things. That's amazing. And so right now, because, you know, obviously it was a lot of ups and downs in the show. Right now, where do you stand with Katie and Sassy? Same way you're seeing on the show. I I don't know. I don't really even know what else to say about it. I have said this a bunch of times. Like, I just keep watching the show, hoping to find, like, sort of something to pinpoint it on. So I would feel a little bit better as to why this happened. As watching it, I can understand taxing relationship that Carter and I had, or maybe the toxicity of that was like draining on them or frustrating for them. I don't see that as a reason to just come apart and break up a 10 year friendship. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just kind of sitting, waiting, watching. Cause I think in the beginning of the season, I started as, as a viewer, Mm -hmm. I thought it had a lot to do with that. But then as time has passed, they said on the show, as we're watching it, has nothing to do with Carter. And in fact, has to do with me or that I'm a liar because I said we weren't together. Well, we weren't together. We broke up last February just because we were still keeping in contact. Yeah, I slept with them a few times. And yeah, there were moments I thought we might get back together. I'm not lying. It just means we're messy. Right, exactly. I I was watching um, an episode with my boyfriend last night and it was the episode where I think it was like Britney's like pre-bachelorette or something like that. And, um, you know, you had gone over to the girls and you were like, you know, I don't feel comfortable. Like I'm at home crying and I don't feel comfortable calling you because like you're judging me. And it like broke my heart because it's like, I'm a hundred percent on your side. Like, 
And people sometimes reach out to me for dating advice and they'll be like, you know, I don't like my friend's boyfriend or my friend keeps going back to someone. Like, what do I say? And always without fail, I'm like, be supportive of them. You know, like, it's like, that's what your, that's what a friendship is. You just be supportive of them. We all have to learn these lessons on our own. Yeah. I had to learn it all on my own. I had to go through those motions on my own. No one was going to teach me or tell me to either break up with Carter or to stay with Carter or what to do. That was always going to be between us, no matter how many of my friends or the viewers or my own family or anyone think that they know about us. He and I had to go through those motions on our own. And did it take us longer than some people were happy with? Fine. But you know, it worked for us. And like, we all strive for the friendship where you can be completely honest with someone without them judging you. And then if they start to judge you, you have to lie because yeah. you don't even feel comfortable telling them because they're just going to make you feel like shit, you know? And that's, yeah, not- I, never, I just, I know that I never lied about anything. I ju- it was just so all over the place. And I think that at least of what I'm watching on the show, like the rest of you guys, is that their version of me lying is because I was back and forth because I said, well, we're broken up, but we slept together, Mm -hmm. but now we're not talking and I'm upset with him. But yesterday he was really great. That's just a messy fucking breakup. That's what it is. That happens all the time. Do you think that Stassi in particular, like, you know, where she came from had anything to do with stuff from the way past with like Jax and and all that? I just think that's a bullshit ass cop out so much. I do because I will forever, forever feel so much guilt from that. And it's not an easy thing to talk about. And if she got past it then, which she publicly had said and privately had said to me that she was, would have never come back into my life if she hadn't forgiven me and not cared anymore. And for anyone to cast members and for Saucy to like at points bring that up and say, well, how am I supposed to like trust her after what she did? It's like, it's, it's, it's a cop out. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's not like you asked her to get over it and made her forgive you. That was coming from her. So for her to continue to hold on to that, which I think she does by the way, cause she's a cancer and they mm-hmm. never get over things. Like they always have these like wounds that they come back to, mm-hmm. but like for her to say that she was over it, it's just like not fair on your friendship at all. Because here right. you are thinking like you have this new chapter and holding on to resentments, which just hurts her. Yeah. But I hope that that is, has nothing to do with it. I can't imagine that it would. <laughs> I mean, if it, if it is, then she has to get past that on her That's own. on her. Yeah. There's nothing that I can do at this point. Exactly. And Jax so, is married. She's engaged. We've all moved on. Right. Or, or so we hope. Um, so something that I, like one of my favorite, not favorite, but like one of the most interesting seasons to me was when you and James were dating. <laughs> I'm like, I can't get over it. I would never put you two together. You and I both. Wait, yeah. Isn't he a Sagittarius or did I make that up? Aquarius. He's an Aquarius too. Okay. So, so I was watching last night and I was like seeing the girlfriend like plead for him to go get help. I guess it's like, you know, it's totally- As we all have for many, many years. Right. So do you think that he, he has a problem? Yeah, I absolutely do. And I think the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And I think that he was surrounded by that growing up his whole life. And I think that that's not something that people don't know on the show. It's been aired. Um, I think one of the most forgiving and understanding and empathetic people. But when it comes to James Kennedy, I just, I have none. Yeah. I hit my limit many years ago. And 
you know, Raquel's not my favorite person, but watching the show this season and seeing the way that he's willing to speak about her while filming, speak to her in text messages and speak to her publicly in front of people. Like, it's just like full on fucking PTSD. Like, does everyone think that if he did that to her, he didn't do that to me? And I just feel for her because she is not a combative person and she doesn't really stand up for herself the way that I did. So yeah, it's really sad. Yeah. One question that I had about, so first of all, I am like a huge Lisa Vanderpump fan and I know like, it's like, she's polarizing. Like people either- Everyone should be. Everyone should be. Exactly. Exactly. But you know, in terms of when you left Sir after Mm -hmm. Lisa fired you, like if looking back now, is there anything that you would have done differently in that situation or do you like not have regrets? Um, I think that my fate was my fate, no matter what, because as I've watched the show and watched Lisa give people second, third, 15 chances and been like, so understanding the way she treats Danica when Danica's just like fucking up left and right. And James, Jesus Christ. And just a lot of people, I think that I was the example. Um, I acted really immaturely and I acted really poorly. I was very, very stubborn, which I think is something that Lisa and I have always, I think it's like the main thing that we butt heads on is how stubborn I am. And I was not always willing to, I was, I would rather be right than be happy essentially, which is obviously much different than I feel now at 37. So I think that it all worked out the way that it was supposed to. I definitely am not excited that I'd ever been fired from a job. That's the only job I'd ever been fired from. Um, I don't like that I was ever, you know, condescending toward her or disrespectful. But again, at the time, that's just the person that I was and the way that I saw things. And it was like, oh, if you're going to come at me, I'm going to come at you. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So I think it was a, a good lesson to learn. Mm-hmm. Agreed. A question that came up a bunch of times is just a simple, who's your favorite on the show? Brittany and Tom Schwartz. Mm, Tom Schwartz. Yeah. Tom Schwartz to watch, but like, I mean, Brittany's my, you know, and I don't know, and Brittany. They're just so, I just like watching like pleasant and fun and funny and like, they're just so themselves who they are, like unapologetically. There's no like facade. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I love Schwartz. I feel like he seems great. I know he's a Libra too, I think. He's yeah. like, he's a good guy. I don't, and like, I'm, you don't have to say anything, but like, I just don't understand his relationship with Katie. Like I never have understood it. It's just like, I don't know. I, I feel as if like, it just, they, they got into like this comfort thing and now they're just like in it for comfort. I don't, I don't see like a lot of love between them, but obviously like, I don't know. Do, do you have any thoughts on them or? I mean, I can understand what viewers see based on what you're seeing. Yeah. But I will say when I first introduced Tom and Katie a decade ago, it was like, they're just the same quirky fun. Like it's unfortunate that what we're seeing of Katie is a lot of misery. Like it's what it appears to be. And, and I'm not saying that Katie's a miserable person. I'm just saying that's just what we're seeing as viewers. Mm. It's unfortunate because she wouldn't have been my best friend for 10 years if that's what I thought that she was. And Katie is like funny and quirky and like, so like musically inclined and like interesting. And they both have this really great banter and like their vocabulary is so extensive and they're both really intelligent. And 
they really enjoy like the same things. And I think that we don't see enough of that. I don't know what they're like now because I haven't been friends with them in about a year. Well, at least Katie. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's, yeah, I mean, I think regardless of all the bullshit you see, they, they have a lot of, a lot of similarities and they're like really fun and really cool together. And do you think that you're portrayed exactly how you are on the show? Or do you think there's like a little bit of, you know? Yeah, I'm not one to blame editing because at the end of the day, if it comes out of my mouth and I said it, Mm -hmm. you know, if you see it, it happened. The only thing that I ever kind of like to give insight to the viewers on and just to give us a, like cut us a little bit of slack is that at the end of the day, for the most part, we're all very one dimensional on this show, especially Mm -hmm. now that we have so many cast members you don't know every single side of us because mm-hmm. it still is a production and a television show and we're here for entertainment purposes and there's a story to tell and our production company has a lot of people and a lot of content over the months that we film to portray a story. So they can't show every funny, lighthearted thing if what we're giving off, you know, for me was a lot of shedding a lot of tears, you know? Yep, same. He does not like people with masks. So this is an issue lately. <laughs> My dog. Um, there, I just wish there were part like different pieces that were shown more, but I don't think they're necessarily editing me like incorrectly. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And what advice, if you could give yourself any advice in your early 20s, um, what would you have said to yourself or even like your late 20s? Because I feel like it takes us so long to like actually develop into who we are. I was like, wait, you don't mean like get Botox earlier? (laughs) Do you think that we should get number one? (laughs) Really? You think? Yeah. And it's like every week. I'm way cuter now than I was season one because I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) Um, No, but I think, but to get serious, like, I think the biggest lesson I've learned watching myself on the show and just growing over the years was just to be responsive and not reactive. I tend to be a very reactive and used to be a very explosive person and not be able to sit back, take it in and listen rather than hear. I was a very, I was very big on just like, all I'm I'm doing is hearing your words. I'm not actually listening to what you're saying and then responding with what I heard from you just now, you know? So I think just listening more and reacting less has helped me immensely. And who was your least favorite person on the show if you I, mean, have- I think that's very easy it's very simple James yeah <laughs> I think you can go far away and we'll all be just fine yeah it's so hard for me to believe that you and Tom Sandoval <laughs> ever dated like you seem so open-minded and so like progressive and he seems very like stuck in his ways and kind of like by the book um yeah I mean Tom and I started we met when I was 24 years old. So that was a damn long time ago. And we started dating when I was 25. Mm-hmm. So just imagine like how much has changed since then. And I think that Tom and I were like really fun and great for a couple of years. And we just stayed with it because we were essentially, and I write all, you guys, I write so much about Tom's book, but like not Tom, but just my experiences yeah. of, of living with someone for a really long time for the first time and essentially becoming glorified roommates after a while. We're broke. We have the same friend group. It was sort of easier just to stay with it and be unhappy than to break up 
and move apart. And I think it's something that I have always thanked Tom for ever since I got over he and Ariana being together. I was like, thank you for actually being the one to end it and move on with your life and do what made you happy because who knows how long we would have stayed together in complete misery. But I, I, there's a whole chapter about Tom and Ariana in my book, because I think a lot of people, I've had that question a lot of like, how did it really come to fruition that I could be friends with her, let alone be friends with him again and be friends with both of them and hang out with both of them. And, you know, it definitely takes time, but I just see a different Tom now than I saw back then. And I like the Tom that I see now because I don't, he's just my friend. Yeah. I don't have to deal with that other stuff that she does. Yeah. What chapter in the book is your favorite chapter or just like, you know, the one that you want to spotlight to our listeners that they should like totally pick up the book and get to that one as soon as they can? I mean, there are a few because the book does take you on a ride. There's like five different sections of my life because essentially, like, again, what this book is really about is like you start off when you're born as a female into this world, like sugar and spice and everything nice. We have no nervousness about the way someone's going to treat us. We have no lack of self-confidence. We're assertively raising our hand in class. We're not scared of, of things like that people are going to say or do or talk about us. And over time, your self-esteem just gets chipped away, dating all these different guys over time and losing trust and things like that. And so I think there's a lot of interesting moments throughout, but I would say my favorite part to write. And I think the part that makes me the most emotional when I've like read it out loud, when I did my audio book or read it out loud, when Michelle and I were writing it, it was a big thing that we did was reading out loud. So I knew that it was really like my voice speaking my truth Mm -hmm. was really toward the end of the book and talking about not only the breakup with Carter and owning the things that I had also done and why that was, and then really what it was like to start taking care of myself and how scary that was to know that like life is going to throw me curveballs and I might not land on my own two feet right away. And like that, that is okay. And it doesn't mean I have to like go drink a bottle of whiskey or like, you know what I mean? Or take some Xanax to go to bed or whatever the thing was that I needed to do and call and complain and scream and cry to my friends. But it's like, I was going to be okay. And then try to find the healthy alternatives to that. Right. And I think that's the really interesting ride that it takes you on is like as a younger adult or a younger, you know, teenager, you're trying to find coping mechanisms because as women, we're always going to go through these things, no matter what age you are, what your dating status is. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the the main goal that I have with this is that you have self-love, like it's going to be okay. And I'm not saying fuck men and I'm not saying be jaded because I think love is amazing and wonderful and I hope to find it again. And I'm very hopeful about that, but I just know that it's not necessary Mm -hmm. to continue to be like a strong woman. And you, you said you're 37. Yeah. So would you ever consider like, what's your stance on like freezing your eggs? Is, is starting a family something that you see yourself doing? Yeah. You know, it's always something that's been really important to me, whether I'm married or not. Um, it's something that's crossed my mind over the last year since Carter and I broke up. Like, do I still want kids? Is that something that's in the cards for me anymore? And I think that I still do. And I did go to the doctor not that long ago, like in the last year. And had everything checked out and I'm still good as of right now. So I, because after everything Sheena went through with freezing her eggs twice, um, 
it's something I'm considering. I've considered adoption. I've considered having children on my own. I'm not saying that I need a husband to do that. So whether or not I'll get married, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But I feel like whether or not I get married, I think I would still like to have children. Love it. Time's a ticking, but there are always options. Yeah. So we usually do this really fun game at the end of the episode where we do like rapid fire poll questions, kind of like a watch what happens live. Um, But these are going to be like Vanderpump related rapid fire. So are you ready? Ready. Okay. Who is better at sex, James or Jax? I'm going with neither because I don't remember Jax and James. If you would have said anyone else, I could have given an answer. Um, Okay. If you were going to have an affair with one of these girls, would it be Lala or Sheena? Ooh. Ooh, that's tough. They're both really good options. <laughs> if I can't have both, I'm just going to go Sheena because Sheena and I have the same love language. Okay. I think that I could give Sheena everything that she needs and like vice versa. We're both like kind of we're like newborn babies. Like if we don't get attention and affection, we might die. So I think that we can both give that to each other. <laughs> Which guy looks best without clothes on, whether you've seen him or not on the show? Oh, in general? Yeah, like which cast member? I mean, I think Carter. And if Carter's not considered a cast member, uh, probably Tom Sandoval. Okay. And what, what woman? Oh, okay. So number one, all the girls on our show are fucking hot as shit, I think. It's true. Um, I have a thing for Lala. I know. I was probably going to say Lala just because Lala, it's like her confidence mm-hmm. makes it even sexier. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Lala's body is bomb and her face is gorgeous, but it's something about the way she just owns that that makes it like even more attractive. But hands down, I think every single girl on the OG cast are like hot as hell. If you had to sleep with one of the new guys, would it be Max or Brett? Max. Mm. He gives me a little bit of a gay vibe. I don't know. No, I don't think so. And I think Brett's like super, super hot. I think they're both hot, like physically, don't get me wrong. And I love Brett too. I think Brett's a really good guy, but what I watch on the show, I'm like, oh God, like it makes me cringe the way Brett talks sometimes. Okay, when Andy does like the reunions and stuff like that, do you think he makes up any of the questions? Like personally? No, well, because you know how sometimes he's like, he's like, Kristen, we have a question from like Candle Fire. Oh, yeah. Like, why are you such a stupid whore? You know what I mean? It's like, you get that question. Oh, I totally think he does. Yeah. Uh Yeah, I think if the question's not asked that he wants to be asked, then 100%. Yeah, me too. One thousand. He's Papa Andy. He can do whatever he wants at the end of the day. <laughs> Is Jack someone who you could ever trust if you dated or married? I think that he and Brittany are perfect. And I think Brittany can absolutely trust him. Yeah. I think Brittany's like the only person that could wrangle Jack Taylor. Does anyone on the show have an open relationship? Not that I am aware of completely. I have speculations, but I will keep that oh my god tell us okay maybe i'll tell okay fine um brandy and denise richards do you think that's true or false so i've read a little bit about this i don't remember so i know brandy was saying it was true was denise denying it or we don't know yet denying as far as we know Mm, i'm just gonna take denise's side because i think brandy's brandy just 
needs to be the center of attention sometimes. I mean, who knows? If Denise, if it is true and Denise ever wants it to come out, I think Denise is pretty raw and honest. Like Denise reminds me a lot of like a Britney on our show Mm -hmm. where she just is who she is and unapologetically herself. Um, And I think Brandy just like likes to stir up shit. Yeah, I feel that. If you had to do only one sex position for the rest of your life, would it be doggy or you on top? Oh shit, that's hard. (laughs) Because I'm lazy doggy. (laughs) And is anyone in the closet on the show or like on the spectrum and we don't know or sleeps with both people? Um, I don't think in the closet because Ariana and Dana have both like very publicly come out as bisexual. I say in my book, I'm publicly heteroflexible. I don't know where I'm at with it. Right now I'm still into dudes, but I'm wide open because I'm single, so fuck it. Uh, and it goes without saying that I think James is a liar. So there's that. Meaning, so you think he could be lying and be gay? I think that he has played for both teams. I'm not saying that he does currently, but I 100% believe and know that he has done what Lala has said that he has done. Well, I kind of agree because wasn't he trying to like expose Jax for being like, wasn't he trying to accuse Jax of being gay at some point? Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're homophobic, that's probably because you. Yeah. I think there's smoke, there's fire. You know what I mean? (laughs) So do you have a quote or piece of advice or maybe something that you can read from the book that you want to share with our listeners as they, you know, as they go? Or something that has helped you like throughout the years? Yeah, I think I could basically read the whole last chapter of (laughs) a book. But in the end of the book, which we, you and I kind of talked about earlier, the the last chapter of the book is called The One or Not. When I finished the book, like when I actually turned it in, I was 36 years old. We happened to have 36 chapters. It felt very like cool, like energy in the world. And this whole chapter was being like, that it's being single at 36 is as weird as it is wonderful. And I kind of go through the best thing you can do with your life is to make your own choices. Find the happiness that's right for you. You can be single, single single-ish, or dating, or actually dating, or engaged, or married, or divorced, or widowed, and still be fulfilled. I take time to remind myself of my solo successes. I list some of those things that are important to me. And then I say, you know, I can do anything on my own because all I had to do was believe in me. These epiphanies didn't come easy, but they have all come to fruition with self-love, something I now make a point to recognize every single day. It takes work. It's a journey, but I've accepted that as crazy as my life has been up until now, I've learned a lot. It didn't happen all at once, but one day a light bulb went off and I knew without a doubt that it was time to put myself first and it was time to love me. And then from there, I go on some of the things you and I already talked about, like I had to learn how to get through things without a crutch. And that it was okay that things were going to suck sometimes. And that's the way life is sometimes. But at the end of the day, like you're going to get through it. For everyone in breakups, going in relationships, going through quarantine right now, it's time for a lot of self-reflection. And if we can try to make it positive self-reflection, I think that's really helpful. Yeah, that's really great advice. Thank you so much, Kristen. Where can everyone follow you, find your book, watch you? Um, you can follow me on everything at Kristen Doty, D-O-U-T-E. Um, you can pre-order my book, He's Making You Crazy, on Amazon now. Please pre-order, pre-order, pre-order. It comes out June 2nd. And you can follow James May, my clothing company. Shout out. Uh, James May, M-A-E dot C-O on Instagram. Love it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lindsay. Yeah, I can't wait to meet you in real life once this is over. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. We should definitely do some kind of event or something. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
Okay, cool. Thank you so much. If everyone liked the episode, which hopefully you did, write us a review in the iTunes store slash podcast app and check out our website. We met at Acme for more information. Thanks again, Kristen. 